Hey, I'm Dr. Jeremy Perigo. It's so great to have you back on the Worship Theology Podcast. This is a space where we're intentionally bridging theology and praxis. Today I have uh, Geraldine Latte and Carrie Luce who have been on the podcast before, and we're gonna sit down and talk about creativity, musical breadth, emotion in congregational song and worship music. If you don't know of them, check out some of their music online. Search Geraldine Latte, or Carrie has a new Chopin Fusion album that's um, some amazing jazz stuff. So check out their music. They're amazing worship leaders. They are also some of the most creative musicians I've ever had the joy of playing with. Also, this is the uh, last podcast of the season, so we're going to take a break and hopefully have some amazing episodes coming in the near future. Carrie, why is creativity important in worship? Let me give a classic sermon answer to that. With three points, <laughs> I'd say... There's a Baptist somewhere yeah, inside of you. <laughs> there totally must be, mustn't there? I'd say freedom, flexibility, and freshness. So in the sense of freedom, why is... Uh, why? Yeah, that's the spirit of, of freedom. If we're, doing, if we're playing musically f- with a sense of freedom, mm. it can be invitational to the listeners to also express some of their worship in ways that are freer. Mm. Uh, so that sense of risk we talked about in a previous podcast kicks in as well. Flexibility in the sense of, well, what happens if you're the, you've chosen a certain song, but the mood in the room is not necessarily upbeat. So you may need to do the song in a way that's more downbeat. So having that flexibility and creativity to do that is super important. And then just freshness, because if we're hearing the same musical material week on week, it's very hard to remain super excited about it. So to keep things fresh. There we go. Freshness, flexibility, and freedom. All three Fs, too. Come on. The three Triple Fs F. of creativity. Triple F. What about theologically, Geraldine? I even heard you kind of riff around this as you were introducing a new song or a new style about what's the relationship with God and creativity? I think... I think for me, creativity is is inherent in us as the created. I think we are born to create, and somehow, um, probably slightly prov- provocative comment, but I think sometimes, somehow, life experience can close that down mm-hmm. or can say that, hold on, you're you are not as creative as that person over there because you are a mathematician or an engineer or um, a stay-at-home dad. You're not a musician and an artist. And so creativity has been relegated to the the visual artists or to the sounding musicians. And creativity has... Somehow it's not creative to be mathematical. It's not creative to be, um, I don't know, someone who's unemployed but who, who... scribbles notes on the back of I don't know envelopes in terms of short stories it's not so there's there's so I think part of the awakening or the realization for me is an acknowledgement that we are we are created to be creative that there is that about us well that well to 
says another way to explore um, in each of us, how can I be creative with, with what I have in my hands, with what I do with my time, um, with what occupies my time? How can this be a creative expression that isn't locked down? And I think th that kind of question may well begin to make the association more real. Yeah, I, lo I mean, I loved what you said. It's some it, early, like it's something innate in us too as mm. created mm. beings. And maybe that's as image bearers of yeah, right. Elohim, creator. Yeah, like yes, yes. The one who creates out of nothing, where right. of course we've got mm. notes and melodies and rhythms yes. or color or ingredients in a kitchen or again you mentioned mm. math we have numbers yes. we can yes. pull together equations and yes. um, explore the depth of human you know biology yeah. and, and we have things that we can almost yeah creativity as maybe as humans can be almost an exploration of mm -hmm. god's creation what Come he's on. what he's given us yes. what what has yes. been set in front of us to yes. say hmm yeah. what might this and this yeah. equal yes. um, and that again, sense musically of artistically yeah. yeah that sense of adventure exploration um, and and i mean i i having made the distinction that sometimes we relegate it to the visual artists and the singers and the players instrumentalists having made that distinction but even within that group of visual artists musicians i know people because i've said it myself who feel guilty about making time to be creative yeah. you know this is if but i've got a full-time whatever i i to take a day off to be solely creative in my to craft my creativity to explore how i can write songs more or or train my voice more or or work on my instrument more there's somehow a, a, a certainly people i've talked about who aren't full-time musicians there's a sense that there's a bit of a guilt attached to that and that's with people who who have that kind of visual thing but i wonder if part of the encouragement to all of us is take time out diary time in to um to explore like you were saying mm -hmm. how can we reflect the image of elohim how can we become those that are created to be creators and um, whether that's in hospitality or relationships or whatever but finding ways to be yeah creative yeah i mean carrie geraldine knowing you guys for for a number of years, you're really intentional about that, particularly around songwriting, mm. um, taking time away to, mm. you know, go to a cabin or yeah. to shut everything else off to to write, yes. to think, to create melody, harmony, lyrics mm. together. I guess, True. you know, as, as I think about that, it, that inspires me, it challenges me the way you do that so intentionally. But I want to take a step back, like within the church, why do we even need to create new songs? We have hundreds, thousands, and actually probably today on Spotify, hundreds yeah, of thousands of really great worship songs and hymns from mm -hmm. all over the world. Why is it important, particularly for you, to express that creativity and, and maybe for the church in the writing and singing of, of new songs and mm -hmm. new hymns? 
Yeah, we're, we're learning to retell the story, to tell the story of, of the gospel. And one of the ways we do that as musicians is to put it in song. We all need to embody the story of the gospel and also to be able to articulate it. So we're learning to be living letters, if you like, epistles. Uh, I mean, part of this process is incredibly formative for us as well in terms of it's a prayer space for us as we're writing songs. It's a space we connect with. Uh, it's, we, we're always writing with other people. So that becomes a place of discipleship and learning together. Uh, I mean, some broader reasons would be that language itself is evolving. Words have different currency, and in different contexts, a certain song will just connect more, even if it's on the same theme. Um, some songs need to be short and, and pithy. Yeah. Some songs need to be deep and theological with lots of argument, you know, well-crafted argument in it. Um, another reason is that it's important to s have the voice of the individual as well as within a, corp uh, within a corporate setting mm -hmm. and encouraging songwriters brings you that perspective. And, and the local story, doesn't it? Yeah. That's so that the song write, the song that comes from a particular community in Northwood, North London, would be different from the song that comes from a community here, Chapel at Dort University, mm. and to capture that. And sometimes it becomes a global thing because there are universal themes, but, but the sense of, you know, this is our story, you know, and, mm. and I, I love the, the Psalm 136, you know, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. Let all Israel say his love endures forever. And who, who made the sun by day, his love, it, we can all agree with that until they get to Og of Bashan, you know, God who slew Og of Bashan, his, uh, who? Mm, who is Og and where is Bashan, you know? And so that, yeah, that place of, of the, the place where we can agree on those themes, but the place where actually we need to have the, the songs for, for those communities because that's the song that God is singing through through them at the moment. Well, and yeah, and I think there's there's multiple levels there where it is an expression of a local community of mm. you know songs that you've written together or mm. songs that you've written with folks in in the UK, but also often those then can be experienced fresh. The truth, the gospel, as you were saying, Carrie, about that can be expressed in a different community. And I, I can think of a number of stories of songs you've written, even just um, while you were at Dort University, like singing Spirit of God, which mm. I've played with you and sang yeah. and heard you sing in a number of different places. But as we've been studying, our Dean of Chapel, Aaron Bard, has been helping us study the book of Galatians and about walking in the Spirit and being open to the Spirit, not under the law. Mm. Like that song takes a fresh approach because we've been digging into God's word around mm. Galatians and what does that mean for mm. us in Northwest Iowa. I can also mm. think of another one of your, your songs, Geraldine, the Lord, you hear the cry that many, yeah, many mm. have probably sang. I've heard you frame that song with your own story and your own community, mm. which is powerful. <laughs> like it, it draws us into your life and your mm. story. But then I've also sung that with you and LST choir in Malaysia mm. after a conversation we had with some Malaysian pastors who had, yeah, had some of their fellow mm. friends mm. Uh, 
kidnapped mm-hmm. and even killed because mm-hmm. of their faith. And so mm-hmm. those lyrics of Lord have mercy um, took on a fresh new meaning for me, for our students, because there is kind of a, a global resonance around some of these key biblical right, concepts. And I think I love loved how you brought in gospel. Like it, there's... There's ways to sing, express um, that story that are really fresh. I mean, uh, as I ask this question too, it, in a sense, we're commanded to sing new songs. It's one of those that comes in the Psalms too, um, a number of times. It's a directive. It's not if if you'd like or if it's appropriate in your culture to yeah. create something new or sing something new. Um, and so I think there 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 is something about being connected with this tradition that we do write mm. and, and sing fresh things. And mm. it's, it's true within renewal and, and reformation movements in the church. <laughs> They're often preceded by, by a fresh wave of, of, of worship and prayer, but also through those movements, we see more and more and more and more yeah. songs arising that help help reshape mm. um, the church, which many times is going back to the past. Yes. Like oh, it's, it's, yeah. it is something fresh, but also mm. it's drawing from, yes. from something historic. Um, yeah. In, in your own lives or in the lives of, of students or worship teams you've worked with, what are ways that you think you can develop this artistic creativity that, that could be specifically songwriting, but it could, could be even broader. Like how have you seen this practically expressed in your, with, within a local community? I would say one of them, um, I guess, just close to to AHA is through choirs. But I don't know if that's yeah. exactly where you're. It, it, it kind of is creative, and well, it's it's not even kind. It is creative, but it's not in what would be like a Sunday service worship experience. But having said that. For for me, the the amazing discovery has been how clear the resonances have been for those singers in the choir with what they would expect on Sunday in Sunday service experiences. So um, people who sing in choir and so in terms of its creative expression, gospel expression, who would say, oh, when I sing this song in, in on Sundays, it feels a bit trite, it feels superficial, or it feels like we're all being made to sing these happy songs. But when we sing it in choir, and I know that it's within the context of good news in a hard place, it kind of feels like it's got a, um, a the context just feels more real and less trite. So I guess in terms of creative expression, the gospel, what the gospel choir experience has done, just even on that level, has produced um, a, a place for people to connect with the song in a way that is with integrity and that is real. Um, mm. So yeah, that, that would be one. I mean, I don't know if you've got any how you would use creativity in local church expression to develop. Yeah, to develop artistic creativity. Uh, so I mean, I'm thinking along the lines of of improvisation to see that developed in someone uh, usually i've wanted to just hear what what their ideas are what am i what can i just uh encourage that they're already doing 
and then mm. give to give space for that say okay yeah I like, really love that could you just press into that a little more um, so it may be in a worship rehearsal or even in a live worship set and quite often what I do to encourage that is just to double it to literally mm -hmm. repeat it mm -hmm. and, and to then build off that so to encourage that kind of artistic creativity mm. by agreeing, mm. by, by doubling. Mm. Yeah, in terms of writing, uh, perhaps commission a song for, yeah. a, for a given event or uh, whether co yeah, a collab or say, okay, we need a song for mm. Easter or good, you know, good Friday or what have you. Let's have a song from you. Yeah, I mean, mm. we, when, when you guys were here at, at Door University with us, one of the things we did was just, we have a, a retreat with our worship coordinators. Let's use a few hours mm. to start to do that together. And mm. again, it's, it, it some level is very basic. Like, mm. let's get some people in yeah. a room with a goal of to create together, to do something. Yes. I've, I've done this in with, with visual art and prayer in, okay. in the Middle East too, that essentially says, Let's gather together, yeah. let's get some ingredients, and let's try. And again, maybe we won't have a recording or a new song or, or you know, a, a Da Vinci-type painting or creation <laughs> or sculpture, anything like that. But, but also, um, it's, it is being intentional about taking time as a community, as a group, as a couple, as a group of friends, or even as an individual and space to say, I want to try to do that. And I, I, I love that about you guys, particularly around things like songwriting and improvisation. But Geraldine, you mentioned gospel choirs, and I just, I got to talk to you about, <laughs> about that because I think over the last year or two, we've seen particularly in, in popular music, mainstream music, the increase in the use of gospel choirs, I mean, in kind of even mainstream contemporary worship, David Crowder's using a gospel choir, mm -hmm. and the extreme growth of Maverick City who seem to be able to put out a new album yeah, every week right. of just amazing moments of worship and music. Mm. Why do you think, yeah, there's there's a growth again around gospel choir. You've been doing this for years, <laughs> yeah. but why do you think now yeah. is a time where people might be... That's really interesting because I would say that, I mean, I, I have seen exactly how you're describing it now. I have seen that in that kind of rise and upsurge in the past as well and then it kind of plateau out and so I'm I am intrigued that it that you know how how you're describing that I I don't know I haven't again thought this through um uh, to a place of reason but I wonder my suspicions are um I guess what my suspicions have always been mm -hmm. around gospel gospel choir, particularly where the gospel song is rooted in the spiritual. Mm. And the spirit, because the spiritual is an unapologetic expression of faith, trusting in God, in challenging time, in the face of, of times and seasons that, that would say the exact opposite to gospel hope. Mm. So gospel hope that says good news is here, blind eyes can see, the lame can run again, there's bread enough for everybody, there's, there's um, resurrection. Is that gospel hope is just this, this 
immutable truth or this um, truth that keeps relentlessly coming through. But when it's rooted in the spiritual, what that particular period was telling us was, no, I've just been separated from family and no, there's just horrific situations going on around me. And so, so what this song is saying that that is not true, but what, what, what that song has said and, and has stood the test of time to say is that, that there, there's a different imagination, there's a different story playing out. So the story that we face and we see around us is real, but there's another real imagination that um, Jesus contested, proved, proved and, and stood for in the resurrection and in his life, that there's news and there's good hope that, can, that is tenacious and that stands the test of time within that. And I, my suspicions are, I wonder if in particularly in recent times and particularly in the last 18 months with COVID and mm -hmm. lockdown, I wonder if people don't need to be convinced so much um, by people coming with clever arguments as much as they sing a song like Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen. Yeah, I get that, you know, or... Um, uh, Lights will guide you home and ignite you, but I will try to fix you or amazing. Somehow these phrases, these words don't, you, you haven't got to do very many mind jumps before your emotions kick in with, I'm feeling this, mm -hmm. or this song is a soundtrack of what I see around me and my family. It's, it's talking about the disconnect between what I expected, but it's also feels like it's connecting even more deeply with the hope that I, I don't see, but it feels mm. real. So I just wonder if the gospel hope and how it connects into the spiritual and how it's expressed in gospel songs somehow just makes those connections that argument and debate doesn't always do. I mean, I think it's, yeah, as, as you're sharing that, it, so many flood of thoughts, like the lyrical content mm. of so much of particularly the spirituals, gospel music, and other genres who have been influenced yes. by that are yes. rooted in reality. Like yes. It's pain, suffering, um, but also within that, there's a prophetic imagination of Come what on. could be. And that's mm. that gets me excited just yeah. thinking about that, where it's not just... When we all get to heaven, yeah, right, or it's right, not, right. you know, um, I mean, right out, right up, right down, right, yeah, happy all happy the time. Old. It's, yeah. it's, um, no, it may look like I'm surrounded. Yes, Again, that's, that's not a gospel right. song, but yeah, it, it holds yeah, that yeah, tension. Yeah. But I'm, I'm I, surrounded yes. by you. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows the trouble I've been. Yeah. But yes. Jesus. Yes, exactly. Like there's there's exactly. this prophetic imagination and hope. And mm. I think so much of popular music and even contemporary modern worship can be more psychological hope, like mm. just for the instant, make me feel better for the instant. So true. And what I love about particularly gospel music, black gospel music, spirituals, is that it's mm. hope for all things to yes. be like not just me to feel better although it does inspire me yes like it it's hope for change yes a, a, a yes. revolution a kingdom to come yes. in the future and yeah and now and i think 
Yeah, that's something that probably, as you said, through lockdown and isolation, mm. so many people have experienced mm. a loss mm. of dreams or mm. hopes or what they thought mm. family and life would be. Yes, yeah, um, so true, so true. And, and, and like I said before, you know, gospel music is unapologetic about that. It, it, it has the audacity to express the rawness of pain or the sense of where is God or the place of hope in the face of it. It's just, um, yeah, it has that real authenticity to make those um, connections, mm. um, which I think people are, whether they profess belief in Jesus or not, or journeying, you know, people can spot when things are yeah, when thing when what they're hearing in terms of song are connecting with their experience, it's just that you know we 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 did the concert a few nights ago and uh, the gospel concert here at, at Door, and again hearing stories of people saying I've I've not felt this close to God in years. Now that is real. People don't make up those stories from nothing. You know they they come from. God is absent, but when I heard that song, God is present. I mean, that is just, uh, you know, it will take eternity to, for me to get my head around that, but there is something about gospel song that somehow just seems to, yeah, bridge that gap or express or connect in a way that, yeah, like I say, maybe other words or expressions do not or, or do it very differently. Yeah, I mean, music, we, we've been talking some about lyrical content, but but also the the aesthetic itself, the gospel aesthetic, you know, drawn from the blues and soul yeah, and jazz. Right, 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 right. What about that helps, and this may be something you can even speak to a little bit, Carrie, as, as a musician and mm. uh, an arranger, like how does things like the blues scale and the use of mm. kind of... Mm minor over a dominant seven like mm. how how does that tension express yeah what it means to be human but also that yeah, okay. that prophetic hope hmm. yeah i mean how we uh superimpose sounds on each other layering them up so we call them chords but we we can create there's moments of, of tension, which is so, and then moments of release, which is so much mm. like telling the story of life, mm. actually. And um, we can create uh, moments of, of space and we can create moments of freneticism as well within music. So we can really speak to uh, a lot of the, our humanity mm. and, of course, uh, within that then we can gather into elements of of reaching into the unknown and reaching into the spirit reaching into the the transcendence of god within within music as well so even just su suggesting like a, a an ascendance just by going up the piano to the higher mm -hmm. realms there's so much power within music to express mm -hmm. humanity and to express transcendence or to point towards mm -hmm. transcendence uh, and I mean even 
you know, vibration and sound itself mm -hmm. is a huge mystery of, of because we were created through word, which is the resonance, it's, yeah. uh, it's sound. And that's a huge thing to come to terms with. So word, and the word became flesh and dwelt with us. I mean, these are huge mysteries, but um, music is a, definitely an element where we can, a tool, we be can begin to express, yeah, different emotions, but also the human and the divine. Mm. Yeah, it, it makes me think of like, even Philippians 2, this beautiful poetic hymn to Christ, as, mm. some, as some would call it, like, it, the first part of it is this day crescendo, like the structure of the hymn is one with God. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's Jesus loud. exalted, yeah. like is, yeah. But then death, like death, not just death, but death on yeah. a cross. But then again, you feel this then crescendo of, yeah. but God exalted him and gave yeah. him the name above every other name. What name? The name of Yahweh. Yeah. Like, and every knee will bow, and heaven yeah. on the, like, this is this huge, huge crescendo. So even scripture it help itself has these aesthetics, these um, movements, these mm -hmm. um, poetic um, devices that help us kind of experience mm -hmm. who God is, or that point to the transcendent and and the human in one. And I think, yeah, the, the beautiful thing about gospel music is is both the lyrical content often is mm. the gospel mm. like mm. suffering but resurrection yes. um yes. and often the content is jesus like yes. jesus which yes. is yeah it's so fun yeah. i remember in in turkey we went to a blues um show that was sponsored by like the the main turkish beer F fs um, yeah and it was but before the the show they had gospel music playing and again mm. this is a muslim majority context wow. like again muslims know who jesus is prophet isa but these were like jesus third day son of yeah. god rose yeah, wow. like things that that like would again most most muslims challenge them it's, mm. it's where we disagree where mm. we, we we don't land in the same same space um it's tenets of our faith that are different but what, what was interesting is to see so many Turkish young people just clapping and dancing and moving and even singing as as, wow. as the band was was getting ready and had this playing over. And so I, I've heard about that in, in Norway and, and Japan of, of many people learning to grow and, and, and um, learn gospel music, even maybe they're not from a, a, a family that has had a Christian faith. As you've led community choirs, particularly you know all over the world, but a lot in the in the U.S., how have you, have have you seen a gospel choir draw in those maybe from other experiences mm. or other faiths mm. um, to experience the kingdom of God, mm. to experience Jesus? I mean, I I am going to get to that question, but I just love what what you both just did. You know, in terms of you know you did the the Philippians upwards and your voice was <laughs> rising for that and then the decrescendo and then the and how you just expressed a few verses but suddenly somehow it came alive in the dynamics of your <laughs> voice you know and Kerry you were talking about if you just even just go at the piano and then suddenly that's the transcendence of God and how if you build the chord in a particular way or tension in terms of a discord and then release or um 
movement, freneticism and silence. And I just wonder, you know, just for, it kind of just made me think, I just wonder if we could try it ourselves and any musicians, creatives in particular listening out there, you know, just read a psalm, read Philippians like Jeremy just read yeah. it and, um, and just read it first and then try to play it. You, but you might say, well, I've only got four chords. Okay, we'll use those four chords <laughs> and in those four chords, bring that contrast, show dynamic contrast. Play, if you can play those chords higher up the piano or higher up the guitar, or rather than playing three notes of the chords, play one note of the chord and see if that kind of brings a difference. But I think just the encouragement is that creativity is not for the elite. Mm -hmm. It is not something locked away for, there's, there's lots to stretch into, but you can start now with your four chords and your one verse and begin to be expressive creatively. And, and, and I think that it, just to encourage you that it's not far away, it's not something out of reach, it's in your hands right now. Yeah, I mean, some of the things that we're really talking about is theological aesthetics. And yeah. we're, we're not, yeah. that term, for for a lot of different reasons within Protestant circles has kind of been a dirty word. Like, right. is can art display God's glory mm. and preach the gospel? Can, isn't music manipulative? You know, mm. manipulative mm. when we when we do that. But by its very nature, even things like you were saying, preaching and teaching, mm. there's aesthetic to it and yes. and yes. Uh, rhythm and melody and mm. like. I, I think what what's what's important for us is to to name that to mm, name that music so and the arts can help us understand who who God is yeah, and yeah. artists can do that intentionally by mm. drawing from scripture and tradition and in community or they can do it unintentionally and that mm. often ends up maybe reflecting more of culture ripping off from culture or being inauthentic to your to yourself and to your to your faith and that's maybe why in the 80s we got so people thought about certain styles of christian music or mm -hmm. christian film as as subpar where for mm -hmm. a thousand years before that you know many many artists were professing christians mm -hmm. and active christians in their congregation mm -hmm. and so i think what i yeah what i love this conversation even we're talking about creativity and diversity mm -hmm. we're also talking about something that's very theological mm. it's it's it's, mm. it's very deep mm. yes so your question about how it's gathered the choir has gathered in people from different walks of life and and I think I mean I, I would love to say that it that in going into this choir adventure that it was something that I had as a an aim and an objective you know that I would like to gather in all the but I didn't, I found myself kind of caught up in this adventure and this dynamic where along with team, I saw God gathering into a sound people of professing faith and those who were of no faith or of another faith. I saw it gathering in people across the generations. I saw, an, a, a, I just saw it gathering in people who, um, I, I remember, uh, going to one choir um, 
rehearsal. So the choir that I ran for a number of years in Bristol was planted out into different areas in Bristol. So we had one in um, a socially deprived area. And I remember sitting next to and having a conversation with someone in the alto section, because altos rock. And, um, <laughs> but we were sitting in the alto section and it was such a lovely conversation. She was like showing me her nails and saying, look, Jody, my nails are growing back because I have six weeks without having had a drink. Now she was an alcoholic, she's mm. a confessed alcoholic. Look how strong my nails are because mm. I'm six weeks without having had a drink, you know. And I remember sitting there thinking, cheering on like, this is amazing, but thinking, when would I ever sit next to somebody like this and hear her story? Like, I, I, I wouldn't. But here I am in choir, different voices, one voice, sitting next to this lady, hearing not only about the strength of her nails, but the strength of what she would say God was beginning to do in her, in this community that is keeping her one day at a time sober. So for me, it was that place of, um, yeah, like I say, happening into a place where I saw and heard story after story after story of different people being brought together into this place where they could sing these songs that somehow connected, didn't mm. feel trite, didn't feel superficial, but, but didn't, but, but united us. And, and it did come with its struggles it didn't always um it wasn't one big happy family i i had people from um the other other areas in bristol who were in the choir in other areas in bristol the first time we kind of had the big let's bring everyone together for a massive concert together kind of come and whisper to me you know quietly like oh children we're not sure about them because they're not singing quite in tune or they're not singing quite in yeah. or what, what so I was so that that was so then I'm having to kind of then like you you have said before face it name it okay so this is what we've got we're a choir that's got different um, demographics and some might feel that they don't feel that they fit here because they don't normally come to this part of the city or they don't normally meet with but this is what a choir is and this is what community does and the danger of community is that it is community, but the joy and the adventure and the blessing of community is that this is a place where God commands blessing. Mm. And that's, that's, that is the adventure. Are we up for it? So it's kind of naming that place, but it was a place that I found myself catapulted into and still spinning in terms of God, this is incredible what's being discovered and uncovered here in in this space it's the yeah i hear it it's the community part of community gospel yeah. choir and that yeah, it's, right. it is messy but also yeah god is present as his people gather together and mm. are are aware and the the beauty of that and i think again going back to your earlier comment about um you know many places around the world are able to come out of lockdown and there's a mm. little more singing and i think there is mm. a hunger particularly for church people to like, we want to sing together. We've been web streaming worship or doing things with our, our family. We want to hear a big, massive sound. And, and I, yeah, I love that community gospel choir can be one of those that facilitate yes. communal singing. And, and it's beautiful. I just, a, a couple more questions for you, for you both really more around. Yeah. The, 
the cultural side. Um, gospel choirs, you know, are traditional, at least in my experience, within kind of black Pentecostal or uh, AME churches, Missionary Alliance. I mean, it's coming from, as you talked about, the spiritual traditions. Is there a, a, a danger of cultural misappropriation? That term gets thrown around in, in the academy. And, and is there a, a danger, you know, thinking of me, a white kid from mid, Midwest, but I was listening to Fred Hammond and yeah, Kirk Franklin come on. and <laughs> yeah. John P. Key yeah, and wow. the Hawkins, like yeah. B.B. Winans, some live yeah. stuff. Oh, I, I still do that. YouTube videos of, yeah. of some of that. Like, is there a danger, though, of, of misappropriating? You know, for, for example, when you're at Dort, we're mainly white Dutch reform. Again, our, mm. our student body is, is much more diverse than that. But, mm. but is it inauthentic for us mm. to sing spirituals or, you know, black gospel music? Mm. Is, is, I'd love to hear from you because you've had this kind of yeah. global perspective. I mean, I, I do see that could be and is a question to be explored for sure but I I guess I um in in speaking from my experience from, and from what what I've seen I would say I I do see songs I guess much more as tools for a job um that's not to say that I don't see them as expressions and aesthetic and a play, things of beauty, but, but I'm also seeing them as um, pragmatic tools mm -hmm. in the sense that... Um, and, and, but that understanding has come, I think, and I've grown into that as I've heard story. So I guess it is that, that kind of paradox of the flex and the um, flux of story, but with something that is pragmatic as a tool. So the stories I'm hearing are people say, when I sing, soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king or no more dying there. And this lady is pointing at her chest. When I sing no more dying there, I feel it here. And and then she goes on to, you know, well, well I am you know I'm quite pragmatic I just don't like muddy water so I'm saying okay how can one rehearsal the, you know the north end of Bristol on a cold Wednesday night <laughs> you know how come you're saying no more dying there and you feel it here mm -hmm. and and so at this point she then starts telling me the story of how she says Geraldine what you don't know is that I'm doubly bereaved so Already I'm stepping back and thinking, this feels like holy ground. So 14 months ago, I lost my husband. And then eight months ago, I started to see... She's an older lady, kind of um, in her mid-60s, I would say. And I, um, eight months ago, was seeing a lovely gentleman. She's very softly spoken. Cool. Lovely gentleman who died four months ago. And she's saying... So when I sing No More Dying There, I feel it here because I'm going to see them again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, whatever, 
I'm attaching to soon and very soon Andre Crouch. This is such a great song. This is such a funky song. I've used that song for years in high schools and in massive conferences, whatever I want to attach to that song in terms of its hope and its beauty. And it's what I'm hearing her say, it's a tool. It's I've used, this is something that makes, that I feel is doing a work in me. Uh, and so for me, the misappropriation in terms of whether it's cultural or not, I, I, I'm not sure that I fully, can fully reason that out or um, that there are other people more learned than <laughs> me that can do that. But what I have seen is that this mid to late 60s white British born woman, when she sings this gospel tune, it does something to her. And I, I haven't met Andre Crouch. I wish, wish yeah. I would have. But oh my goodness! I mean, knowing stories of friends of friends of friends who have, like, I think that was part of his yeah. aim to write yeah. songs for the whole church, for oh, yeah. everyone. Again, really? it does express really? who he is. But it sounds like so many of his songs, "Bless the Lord, all oh, my soul," my like, have been shared all over the globe and translated. And again, I think part of his aim mm. was to. Right, music that people would, all people would like, and all people would, mm. would sing, um, but but that's authentic to to himself. Carrie, I'd, I'd love as as we start to kind of wind this down. I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about imp improvisation, songwriting, creativity, but but drawing from the the music and the sounds of other cultures. Why has that been important for for you in your own journey as a as a musician, as a leader of worship? Hmm. Or maybe, yeah, how too has that, has that been maybe expressed? The kind of why I know, I know you do that. You listen to everything and then and then draw it in. So wh why do you do that? What it, what within you kind of hmm. calls out to to the other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I mean first of all musically, uh, just that fascination with with sound and different sounds. So you don't you you can't get the tonal full range if you're not prepared to dip into the sounds of other cultures and hear the sound of the sitar mm -hmm. for example or to hear the oud or to hear some of the you know the gamelan or the uh, Hammond B3 yeah right <laughs> yeah or the, or the djembe <laughs> you know the African sounds or the conga you know from from South America so in terms of tonally as a musician, to listen uh, in that kind of, to the world music is super helpful in terms of gaining nuance and, and uh, other colors and so on. But I think on a, on a personal level, knowing so many people from the nations, it means that you know, I can definitely show a level of valuing their, who they are because it's intrinsic within their, it's, it's definitely embedded rather within their their, their personhood. The music that they've listened to, it's embedded in each of us. So in order to, to make steps towards someone, to understand their music can be a, like a massive step. In fact, uh, it's an interesting, maybe a controversial one, but in the UK we've, uh, there's just been, I don't know if it's just UK, I think it might be, but 
a dating app based on, okay, so what music do you listen to? It basically analyzes, analyzes the listening habits and then pairs up people by, by the music that <laughs> they listen to, which is an interesting take on it. But I definitely think in terms of, anyway, dignifying and valuing the other to, to press into that sound world... And there's so many resonances culturally and in terms of ideology and often in terms of, for us, in terms of faith and the way uh, someone's, you know, a Spaniard or someone from that Spanish-Brazilian sound, how the joy of salvation is expressed in such more exuberant ways, an African way, you know, as well, the exuberance of, yeah, I'm saved. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, and I, th I think... I appreciate like the textures and cultures you're bringing up, but also the relational side of, mm. of talking to people. Cause I think the, the, the flip, maybe a, a nuanced view is that I know, yeah, Nigerian friends that listen to hip hop or I know, you know, <laughs> like that's extremely popular. Or, again, my own journey, as I shared earlier, my own journey, I would much rather when I was 13 or 14, the kind of modern worship wave was hitting Matt Redmond, Tim Hughes, which I have massive respect for. But when my friends would listen to that, I'm like, no, no, let's listen to this new John P. Key or did you hear Hezekiah Walker's new album? And again, that's mainly white area of, of Indiana. And again, that was some of my parents' listening habits to kind of R&B and and other things. And so I think it, it, there are some cultural generalizations, but then also what, what I think you're highlighting too is the relational side. Like once you know someone from a culture and mm. what song, yeah, makes you come alive. What song expresses who you are, your faith or your journey. And I, I love, I love that. And as you introduce maybe those songs in a in a, a different context in a local church to be able to say, hey, my friend Geraldine Lati wrote this song and as she was writing it, here's part of the experience of her community or this Turkish friend of mine wrote this mm -hmm. and what it does helps us to have solidarity with our brothers and sisters who will be our brothers and sisters for all eternity but right now they're in another part of the, the world yeah. who we don't see but here's mm -hmm. an expression of their worship that can stretch and and um, challenge us and enable us to be in, in deeper relationship. Just one, one final question from, from one of our students, and this gets kind of back to the, the gospel choir. It's, it's <laughs> super practical. How do I start a gospel choir? Get one song. Come on. Short song, even if it's a chorus, four-line chorus. In fact, start with a four-line chorus. And... See if you've got some friends around you that can help build team with you, but you are going to need someone, even if they're not practically upfront people, someone who you can bounce ideas off, share vision with, but get your one song. And even if you are teaching that choir, that song in unison, start with that one song. Ask God for ideas of how you can build it in harmony, play chords around it, but start with one, start with your one song in that choir context don't don't be shy love it one song one friend yeah <laughs> and go for it yeah oh one thank lord. you Geraldine. <laughs> yeah the lord. one lord one lord <laughs> one faith one, one baptism, baptism. <laughs> yeah that's the well the done pastor's extended. kid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well thank you both for yeah your oh, wealth of experience so your dedication mm, to thanks, christ's body and your creativity and diversity in music mm. it's a joy to be in relationship with you oh, thanks Jeremy. 
Thanks for joining us on the Worship Theology Podcast. And I'd encourage you to check out Geraldine Latte and Carrie Luce's um, fantastic resources that are available online.